0: Hey friends, if you listened to last week's episode, you know that we've been talking about biblical lament or bringing our sorrows, our pains, our sadnesses to the Lord. But you may be wondering, what exactly is involved with lament? How do I do it? Well, today in this episode, we're going to be covering four elements that can be present in biblical lament. And we have with us again, our special guest, Ryan Hagenbottom. I know you're going to appreciate this episode. Hello, and welcome to Christ Dependent Single Motherhood. Are you feeling exhausted, overwhelmed, and longing for a safe community of believers? Do you sit up at night googling how to work and homeschool at the same time, or Bible verses on anxiety? Do you wish for a Titus 2 older woman to help you navigate this lonely parenting path? I'm Sarah, a veteran homeschooling mom, daughter of Christ, and no stranger to broken marriage. I know the heavy burden of shouldering a family alone. I only wanted to raise my children to love Jesus Christ, but I watched as my family crumbled in front of me. I didn't know who I could trust, but God provided the healing and discipleship I needed through mentors who spent years faithfully applying His Word to my heart like ointment to wounds. My desire is to use this podcast to share what I've learned, what I'm still learning. My prayer is that you'll be pointed to Christ, learn to forgive, find freedom from fear and learn that we have a God who can be trusted. Make sure your earbuds are charged and grab your Bible. Let's walk this path together. friends welcome back we are honored once again to have with us Ryan Higginbottom who is a blogger over at a small work at he is a mathematics professor and he teaches the bible at Washington Presbyterian Church in Pennsylvania Ryan welcome back
1: Great to be with you again Sarah
0: Yeah and we're just going to continue our discussion today of biblical lament and last week we really um got into what biblical lament can do for believers when we bring our, our pains and our sorrows honestly to the Lord, which you know most of our listeners have experienced broken marriage and there's a lot of suffering there. But I think a lot of us have a question, what does this look like in real life? If we're sitting before the Lord, Maybe we're in our devotional time. How do we apply this principle of lament in our everyday life?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a that is the question, right? If, yes. if you're if you're convinced that lament is good, uh, what does it actually look like? And and it's it's great because uh, the Lord has given us several pictures of what it actually looks like.
0: Okay, um, where in the Bible do we see some of those pictures of lament?
1: Once you once you start to look for it, uh, you see it in lots of places. Perhaps that's just me, but but, <laughs> but that I, I found that to be true. So the primary places are in the Psalms and the Book of Lamentations. But of course, they really are in lots of places. So, for example, um, in Genesis, when um, when Hagar is sent away, or you know when, when Ishmael is born, and Uh, Sarah uh, is, is jealous. She, Hagar and Ishmael go away and Hagar laments. Um, And um, so you, you do see it in, in lots of places. I think that that just validates the fact that it is uh, not just legitimate as though we need permission, but it is a a regular part of how believers pray. I mean, of course, Jesus um, lamented as well. So once you, have that as a category for biblical prayer when you see jesus lamenting over jerusalem uh you know wishing that that she were different uh when you hear him on the cross quoting psalm 22 my god my god why have you forsaken me that's a that's a quote from this great psalm of lament so the primary places are lament are psalms and lamentations but you do see it all over the place
0: wow yeah, that's not something I, you know, you mentioned in the last episode, um, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, that book by um, Pastor Vroga. And I did read that too, a couple of years ago. And honestly, it wasn't, the topic wasn't something I ever even considered. It wasn't even a category in my mind. Um, but yes, I agree. You, you You do see this as kind of a repeated theme in scripture. And as we talked about, um, in our previous discussion, it's just not part of our mindset, our culture now in 20th century West, we tend to cover over pain. Um, it's like one of those taboo topics. Um, and it the results have not been good. Um, I think one of the things that has resulted is is that it alienates us from one another because we can't we don't know how to identify with one another in our pain. What do you think?
1: Absolutely. I was as you were talking, I was thinking about the word isolation, but but alienation is is you know right in the same category. Yes, uh, right? we We go to church on Sunday., uh, the kids wear their good outfits, and we pretend like everything's fine. And when people ask us how we're doing, we say fine. And, um, you know, except for probably a few trusted friends. um, But that, I mean, that's not the, 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 everything is always fine is just not the reality for anyone. You know, not not everyone has the same level of sorrow in their life, but it's just, we live in a world that is not as it should be or as it will be. And, and that, that fact uh, means that things are not always fine. And lament gives us this language to talk to each other. And to talk to God about things that are not fine, you know, we're going to get into talking about complaint here in a little bit, but I think so if you grew up in the church, one of the things that your parents probably told you is don't complain. Mm. Nobody, nobody wants a complainer and God doesn't want you to complain. And I am here to tell you that is a lie. That is not true. We're going to talk about, uh, the, the distinction I, I make between complaint and lament, um, but, but I think one of the hesitations is we are, we are reluctant to say that things are things that, that maybe perhaps God is governing, governing the world incorrectly. That's what it sounds like when we, when we talk about, um, complaining to the Lord and, uh, and we're, we'll talk about why that's not actually the case.
0: So, yeah. Why don't you start out with this idea? Um, complaint versus, is it grumbling?
1: Yeah, I yeah, right. So so this this verse in 1 Peter 3, right? Um a lot of translations have it as uh do all things without complaining. I think it's 1 Peter 3 it's in or is it, 13. Is it
0: Philippians?
1: Uh yes.
0: Okay, no problem. I do that too.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes, that's, that's exactly where it is. Yep, uh, and it's probably chapter four, not chapter three.
0: <laughs> I actually think it's chapter three, but... We'll is just... it?
1: Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, now, I'm, now I'm hesitant to say uh, where anything is. But no, uh, so, so in, in a lot of older translations, so including like uh, the New American Standard and um, even the RSV, I think, would we tra- we translate that word as complaining. And I think that's a lot of where, you know, uh, our parents got, we shouldn't complain. Now the ESV translates it as grumbling and I think that is much more helpful because when you look at complaint uh, when you look at lament, when you see prayers, psalms, lamentations that uh, you know that people identify as these are prayers of lament, there is no way to categorize what those people are praying besides complaint. they are complaining to the Lord now there's a distinction I think between complaint and grumbling, so we are permitted to encouraged to complain as believers as those who trust the lord we are not to grumble i think the line uh, perhaps there are other ways to distinguish this but one line between those two things is what do you think you deserve
0: mm-hmm.
1: so if so i i think perhaps a way to talk about grumbling is i things are not going well but i really deserve better i deserve This to not be broken in my life. I deserve to not have my back go out. I deserve to have that relationship stay whole instead of broken. Whereas complaint is more identifying that the Lord is sovereign, the Lord rules the earth. And if he put everything in order under his lordship the way that it should be perfectly, this would not be happening. So, complaint kind of uh, identifies this disconnect between our lived experience, how we are walking through life, what we are experiencing, and how things could be or will be once the the rule of God is made is perfecting all things in all ways. Um, and that's not how God rules the world. The world right now, uh, in the sense of He is not. He has not exercised all of his dominion to make everything perfect. The curse still remains right now, but one day it won't. And so complaint is, Lord, uh, this is broken, and this is not how it should be, and it hurts. It's not that I deserve it not to hurt, but that it hurts, and you, you need to know this. Uh, and um, so I think that's, that's an important distinction okay. between complaining and grumbling.
0: Good. Yes. I I I am thankful to hear that clarified myself. Um so grumbling would be having it's it, it sounds like it's rooted in in pride and and just self-importance and the belief that it sounds like it's rooted in a lack of admission of our own sinfulness. That's right. Um whereas complaint is just bringing our sorrows to the Lord in in honesty. Now, I wonder if you will allow me to ask you a little bit of a rabbit trail question. Sure. We've talked in this episode and in the last one about how lament helps us place our hope more fully in our eternal salvation in Jesus Christ. But I'm thinking about Psalm 27. I love that Psalm. And at the end, it says, I would have despaired unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Be strong and let your heart take courage, wait for the Lord. And I wondered if you had given any thought to that in terms of how it relates to lament and where we place our hope. Um, I, I know I'm just kind of throwing you a curve off here, but do you have any thoughts on that passage in in? Um, Seeing the goodness of the Lord in the land
1: of the living. Well, Sarah, you're welcome to throw curveballs at me. I threw the wrong scripture reference at you earlier, so this is this is this is fair play, absolutely. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So, um, I I would say that uh, one one of the ways that we see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living is that we we see we have the presence of the Lord. Mm. Um, It does not say. That I will see perfection, right? So God's goodness is present with us, and it and it is manifest in our life in ways that are bet not just not just uh, not the same as what we would imagine for ourselves, but they are better than what we would imagine for ourselves. Okay, so a lot of this this goes to what we talked about uh, in last week's episode. Um, you you mentioned that suffering sometimes it seems like is a way to um, intensify our hope. And I think it's also a way to intensify our trust in the Lord and our experience of walking with him. So seeing the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, it's possible that that does, the land of the living may refer to you know, the, the, uh, the next life, but, but, but it's also possible that it refers to this life. Um, and if that's the case, God's goodness to us might be through our suffering. Mm. It it might, it might be that he is present with us in our suffering. Um, and it it might be that he is perhaps most present with us in our Mm. suffering in ways that he is, how can you quantify how much God is present with you? You 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 understand your need for and your experience of God's presence with you most when you are suffering in ways that you might not when you are having a mountaintop experience.
0: Yes. I would have to say amen to that. Well, thank you. Now, why don't we? I would love it if you would kind of lay out for our listeners. We've talked about um, you know, just that distinction between grumbling and complaint, grumbling, not okay, complaint. Yes. We should bring our complaints to the Lord. Um, Is there a step-by-step process for lament or how how do you want to break it down for us?
1: Yeah. So I I think that there's no, I don't want your listeners to feel like if I don't, if it doesn't look some specific way, it doesn't count. Okay. Right. Um, So uh, I'm going to talk about, four ingredients of lament. And uh, this is just taken right from Mark Brogop's book, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. Um, and uh, and he says in there that not every lament has all of these ingredients. Um, but, but I think every lament probably has at least one of these ingredients, if that's a way to, to, to distinguish it. Um, so it's not as though there's some template that you need to <laughs> fill out in order to lament. But um, the, first, the first step that he, that he talks about in the book is um, that you keep turning to the Lord. Uh, and this is, you know, in, our, in, our, in a lot of our worship services, this is the invocation. Uh, but, but really what it is, is a reminder that we don't live without the Lord. We keep turning to him, not just once, not just twice, but always. We always need him. And we keep going back to him. And you you can see the psalmist express exactly the sentiment um, that we always turn to the Lord. I'm coming to you again, Lord. Um, and uh, that's the start. I mean, it doesn't, you know, there's no one right way to do this. But certainly, if you want to include this ingredient, it does not have to be long. It is, Lord, I am here again. You know everything that's going on with me. Like the disciple said in John six, right? Who do I have to turn to but you? Uh, you have the words of eternal life, and um, that's that's where we are, right? We are needy people. We keep coming back to the Lord.
0: Yes, ah, that's so true. So, what would be the second element that is often present when we're bringing it, our laments to the Lord?
1: Yeah, the the second element is is kind of the heart of it, which is the complaint. Um, And we've talked about this a little bit as well, but uh, the, um, you know, just, just acknowledging to the Lord, your pain, Lord, this hurts, this hurts. And don't, don't, I I would encourage your listeners not to feel like they need to wrap that up with Christian language. Mm -hmm. Um, There are, there are startling parts of the Psalms and lamentations. There are parts that we don't, Often read in church because because you're like whoa uh, that that's a that's a little too raw like David what what's what's going on there but um but that that shows us that the Lord doesn't need the Lord does not need us to get in dresses and suits to pray Uh, you know we we can come in our messy pajamas and we can we can talk to Him and and so tell Him there is this physical pain this relational pain this deep disappointment this betrayal this uh, this expectation that i thought i had for my life i thought i was going to have this partner i thought i was going to have this help with my children um and i don't i'm left in a place that is empty it feels empty and um so th- these are these are complaints that you bring to the lord he knows them already of course right yeah um, he knows them and he and the point is that he cares and he wants us to bring them to him he wants to hear them and um, there's this great part of Lamentations. Um, it's, it's all throughout, I think, but especially the first chapter where the author of Lamentations asks the Lord to look and see, look and see what I'm going through. And, and one of the things about Lamentations is that the people are totally guilty, right? The, the, experience, the suffering that they are experiencing, experiencing is 100% because they did the wrong thing which tells us that it's okay to lament even when we are at fault for the thing that's going on, even you know, whether it's entirely or even a little bit, you know, some of your listeners may, may feel like they have, they wish they did something different. They have regrets, um, and, but that should not keep us from lamenting at all. Um, but look and see, Lord, look and see my state. This is not how things should be. And, um, and I want you to see me.
0: So, you brought up things that we regret, and I have my dog in the background. I think in the last episode, we had your dog in the background, which is awesome. Real life here. Yep. Um, what, how, how do we balance in our mind um, our desire to bring our complaints, our griefs, and sorrows to the Lord with that acknowledgement that? we're sinners and even in the middle of suffering that may not be our fault um we may have made choices that didn't honor the lord how do, how do we find that balance in lament
1: well where, wherever there is where, wherever the spirit brings conviction we should confess our sin uh and and i know that you agree with that um But but also there you can you can just lament that even if so in lamentations the people are experiencing the just consequences of their sin. In fact, the predicted, the prophesied consequences of their sin, they are horrendous. And the people knew about it and they still did it and they're still suffering. The point is that they are still suffering. So so even even if we deserve all that we are experiencing. And we what we what we are experiencing might not be might not be entirely what we deserve. But even but but even if we are experiencing what we deserve, we God still God is still for us. He he does not turn against us because of our sin, right? This is this is the work of Jesus to reconcile us to the Father. We he is for us. He is committed, he is faithful. And he will not turn away and because of that, he wants to know when his children are in pain when they are physically emotionally mentally spiritually in pain whether they've caused it whether they are at fault for it or not so we confess our sins when we when that's when that's appropriate and uh we also don't pretend that we are at fault for everything when we're not um because the lord is just in addition to being loving and so we we bring our we bring our pain to him and say lord i may i may, some of this might be my fault but boy it's still hurts it's still really hard lord meet me and see me in this sorrow
0: so what i'm hearing you say is we shouldn't feel um reticent about bringing our laments to the lord even when we know that our own sin is wrapped up in what's happened to us we're responsible for our part maybe somebody else Is responsible for their part, but that doesn't mean you're saying we shouldn't bring our sorrows to the Lord. Because there's there's for you know, as as I was as I was listening to you talk, I just was hearing those words of Romans. He is for us and not against us. He who did not spare his own son but delivered us over for us all, how will he not also? with him freely give us all things and i know that part of the what god gives us freely part of that all things is is the hope is the strength um in the middle in the middle of pain um we can trust him and so i think that a lot of our listeners really need to hear that message that it doesn't Mean that you can't bring your sorrows to the Lord if you played some part in bringing them upon yourself, or maybe you didn't play a part in bringing them on yourself, but you know that you dishonored God in your response to them in some way. Um, and so, thank you for bringing that out. I think that's that's a really needed message.
1: Yes, absolutely. And you know, of course, there there are there's a whole spectrum of responsibility that we have right there there are people perhaps there are some among your among your uh, listeners there, there are people who have been abused in their lives who should not feel any responsibility for that um, right there there are people who have been real victims of of cruelty and violence and and I don't I, you're not I know that you're not saying this but I'm not saying it either we yes. we don't want them to try to unearth uh, some responsibility for no. the sorrow that they're that they're feeling, but there, but it's, it it runs the whole spectrum, right? For if that's if that's one end of it, then the other end, we cause sorrow, we we cause pain to people, but most of our interactions are in the middle, and um, I think I think we don't need to come up with, you know, I am thirty seven percent responsible for this. We don't need. I'm a numbers guy, but we don't need to put exact numbers on 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 all of this it's probably good to say like you said um i am a broken person i am in this broken situation i probably had some uh some responsibility for it but i think i think the the thing that i see in laments in the scriptures is just the the cry out to god to notice and to be with us in our pain mm. and um And that is available to anyone, no matter how much responsibility they played in the experiences that they're having.
0: Uh, We have such a good God. Amen. I was thinking the other day in my devotions, how thankful I am that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that when we approach God, we don't have to question whether he's angry at us for something that we've done in the last 24 hours since we knelt in prayer. Um, or maybe there's something that we didn't realize that we did wrong. And, and, you know, now he's angry at us, and he is turning his back on us. Humans can be like that, but our God is not like that. And we never have to doubt his favor toward us. And like you were saying earlier, he is for us. He is on our side. He's not against us. If we're in Christ, we can trust that Jesus' blood has covered our sins. We've been adopted as sons and daughters, and we're no longer enemies of God. And, and we have every right in Christ to boldly approach his throne to receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need, as Hebrews 4 says. So
1: that's right. And and to and if there are any of your listeners who who might not resonate with what it means to be in Christ. You know, that that invitation is just wide open for them to consider his claims, to understand that he is he is a man of sorrows. He that what you are experiencing, he experienced, he knows what you are going through and his his arms are really wide open for you to come to him um, as well. Uh, laying down your life for him will be the the uh, what, what is the path forward? Uh, for hope. It really is.
0: Amen. So we've talked about the first element of lament is to continuously come to the Lord. And the second element is to bring our complaints to him. What is the third element?
1: Yeah, the third element that Rogop says in his book is to ask boldly. So to bring your bold requests to the Lord. I think often this is what we uh, this is this is sometimes our impulse from the very beginning uh Lord, make this right, Lord, make this right which which is a very legitimate request um we we play we pray boldly because we know what god 's character is like. He is in control he can uh he can bring about repentance in people 's hearts, he can bring reconciliation in relationships, he can bring supernatural help whenever, wherever we need it. Um, and so we should ask boldly for him to write the things that are wrong. And also, uh, what we also see in the scriptures, the bold requests are for him to be with us. <laughs> mm. For him to be with us, because actually, that's our greater need. Um, as, 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 uh, as acutely as we need people in our lives not to hurt us anymore, and as acutely as we need uh, help with physical tasks, uh, raising children, um, we need the Lord to be with us as well. So you'll often see that when you look through different psalms, the 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 psalmist just praying for the Lord's presence in, in different, in different ways. And perhaps the what you quoted from the end of Psalm 27 um, earlier was that was something similar.
0: Yes. Yes. So Ryan, so far we've got keep coming, we've got bring our complaints, we've got ask boldly. What's the fourth element? That is often present in biblical lament.
1: Yeah, the fourth element is uh, keep trusting the Lord. Mm. Keep trusting, and this is uh, so powerful to see in in a lot of these psalms, especially that um, that the where the psalmist ends up is they've they've talked to God about what is wrong, they've asked Him to set it right, and they end by saying, uh, regardless, I will trust in You and it it the, as we pray i have found this personally as 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 i try to end laments with uh, with expressions of trust and with prayers that god would help me to keep trusting um i i have to go back to who he is and what he has promised and these are great gifts to to me and to his people that he's given us who he he's told us who he is and he's given us great promises um and those are the things that we cling to. We talked about this earlier, right? He does not promise us that we will be free of physical suffering or that we will figure out why we went through that episode in our lives. But he does promise us certain things, right? He does promise us great things. Second Peter refers to his very great and precious promises. Yes. And these are the things that we cling to uh, when we trust in him. And so that's that's often the last... Uh, a last element of lament, or I would, I would commend it to your listeners as a final element of lament, um, that, that we end by expressing our trust and asking him to help us trust him more.
0: Yes. I have definitely noticed that when I, in prayer, bring up the promises of God to God and speak back to him, his own words from scripture, and then say with my voice, I trust in you. Mm. That is something that he has used to grow my faith in him and my trust in him. And to trust that even if the circumstances in my life don't turn out the way I'm asking him, the way I'm hoping, to know that he doeth all things well. And uh, he is so good.
1: So. Yes, he, he is. He is. He is the the one dependable thing, right? The the one yes, dependable person. He and he, he will is. not ever, ever break his promises. Um, and it's um, that really that really does strengthen our faith uh, all, all the time. And I, I'll also just say that the it's not as that we have control over this, but but if you can gather people around you who also have have been exposed to lament, who can listen to you and who you can encourage in this. Um, it is very powerful to lament with other people. I mean, that's how that's how I gather a lot of the psalms and definitely lamentations was written to be used in the worship of God's people, is it's not, I mean, they are for us individually, but I think they are also for us corporately. Um and so when when we lament with each other, Boy, you you hear you hear people's hearts and you can encourage them and pray for them, ask boldly for them. Um, and th- those are really special relationships to form as well.
0: Yes, yes. Well, Ryan, this has been a wonderful couple of episodes. I so appreciate your taking your time out of your day to talk with us and to share with us what the Lord has enabled you to learn about biblical lament and how um, God has designed it as a way to help us cope with pain, but also, and most importantly, to learn to cling to him um, through it because we know that pain is going to be a part of this life. So I just, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say the... Um, I, I, I've been, been hoping and praying that it will, it will be a, a help to your listeners. It has really helped me to have a, I think a, a deeper communion with the Lord. I, I, mm. I pray that that's the true for your listeners as well, but, but I, but we do need to end with this promise, which we've been talking about from the Lord, that lament is not forever. Mm. Lament will end. Revelation 21 says that God will wipe away those tears from our eyes and that there will be no more grieving, no more weeping. Um, So it's not just that he comforts us for what is sad, but that there is no more cause of grief. word. And this is our our great hope, is that lament, uh, even if we get really good at it, (laughs) lament, lament is not forever. We will not need to be good at lament forever.
0: Amen. What does it say in the Psalms? Weeping is for a night, but joy comes in the morning. That's exactly we're, looking, we're looking to that day, aren't we?
1: We are, absolutely. Yeah, it's been great to be with you, Sarah. Thank you for hosting me.
0: Well, thank you so much for being here, Brian. If you've been uplifted in any way by this podcast, it would mean so much if you'd not only subscribe, but leave a written review over on Apple Podcasts. And if you're looking for a community of like-minded, believing women on the same path as you, consider joining our Facebook group. A link is in the show notes. Until next time, remember, we have a God who can be trusted.